0: All right, Alan, we're back here for episode 12. What's going on? The dirty dozen of episodes. Here we go. Yep. Yep. And then the next one's the baker's dozen. So we can just keep using this dozens theme for at least another episode. So it's exciting. Yeah, but the
1: ba- baker, baker's dozens related to donuts somehow. So when you say baker's dozen, it always makes you think of food.
0: Well, I think all of these like, extra things are just stupid because you end up just getting charged for them. Like you think they just, it, it's always reflected in the price. Like I learned this when I was a kid. <laughs> My dad's from Oklahoma, and we'd be visiting, um, you know, my grandparents, and we'd be driving around, and you'd see these firework stands, and it's like, yeah. you drive past one, it says, buy one, get six free. I'm like, oh my God, what a deal. We need to stop. And then the next one's like, buy one, get eight free. And I'm like, this is even better. <laughs> and it's like, buy one, get 10 free. Buy one, get 12 free. And I'm like, mom, like, and the, and my grandma's like, honey, they just, they just increased the price. So, you buy one, but it's like 12 times more expensive than a normal what it would normally be i'm like oh well that seems deceptive and i was like i don't know 10 or something at the time but that's what i feel like that's why i feel like the baker's doesn't it's like you're not really giving me a 13th like come on you're building in you just you're charging a dollar 25 for a bagel instead of a dollar 20 like just admit it just admit it but i have no i also have no evidence to prove this so maybe maybe i'm wrong here i don't know you know you don't think the chef's taking
1: a loss on that one huh or the the baker's taking a loss on the 13th
0: well it's possible well i mean the cost of a bagel or or a donut is probably only a nickel if that 10 Pro- cents it's
1: probably less yeah
0: <laughs> so maybe they are maybe it's i'm probably wrong less. but anyway so in today's episode we're going to talk a bunch about uh lightning protection as it pertains to spacecraft and rockets because that's where a lot of this stuff tar- started so obviously uh SpaceX's uh site, their launch site was recently struck by lightning. Their craft itself was not down in Texas. So we're gonna cover that. Mm-hmm. And then uh obviously the Apollo twelve was one of the big factors that got all lightning protection a lot of uh, a lot of steam because that was a big deal and so they were like, This needs to not happen again and then obviously the uh, the AC sixty seven rocket that was hit and then malfunctioned and had a sad ending, was another tall tale for today's episode on space. First of all, we should probably talk for just 30 seconds because we could probably get on a really big tangent. Space Force. How do you feel about the Space Force? Oh, I think they have a cool logo. Uh- <laughs> I feel the exact opposite way. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you said that because I think their logo is absolutely terrible. It's embarrassing, in fact. And I think they missed a huge opportunity to say, hey we need a space force logo america graphic designers and there's some incredible artists in this country what do you got you got 30 days to send in your submissions for the space force logo i think they really missed the boat doing that because it looks like whoever made that logo just basically plagiarized the star trek logo and they're like oh navy blue with one color gray and some times new roman font that sounds good <laughs> i mean am I, am I wrong am i wrong here uh well i'm not you i'm know, not i'm I, not wrong i'm not wrong i'm definitely not wrong i, I I don't, I don't know if you're I wouldn't say that you're wrong all
1: right but you know how many new logos are you gonna come up with that haven't already been done we've been in the space business since the 50s early 60s there's been mm. a lot of logos
0: mm. we could make progress yeah. on this one we could have come up with something yeah. cool. something cool uh,
1: yeah but, I, I don't know I have seen a lot of aerospace logos over in my time they're all pretty much the same
0: you know all, and, all and, the more reason to get outside the box I mean, proving my point here, Alan.
1: I, I I suppose. I mean, how many times has NASA reverted back to an earlier logo?
0: Doesn't make Five, it Doesn't does make it the right thing to do. Doesn't make it. They the don't right make thing? it. To,
1: well, you know, if, if NASA, if there's any any space or well, the European Space Organization's got a pretty cool logo. There's some really cool logos out there, but they they seem to recycle them every couple of years because it makes a really cool T-shirt. So that's the whole point of the logo is for a t-shirt and hat that's so yeah
0: i'm not buying that space force logo but if there was like a cool logo maybe <laughs> and well, then uh, yeah. I, I think this is a lot like the book industry so if you there's some of these publishers like human kinetics is one of them and human kinetics is a leader in oh, like yeah. strength training books and sports yeah, you know books they are yeah. Whoever is the graphic designer for that company, they're still like living in the seventies because their books, I mean, the graph, like so much has changed in graphic design. I think a book cover is super important. I think logoing and branding is super important in general for any company to be like, you know, like I was talking about wine the other day. Like I'm not a wh- fan of wine. How many people buy wine because of the, the company's name and the and the label? So many people probably buy a yeah. bottle of wine. You have 50 mm-hmm. different bottles of wine that are all $11. $11. Which one are you gonna True. pick? They're all going to describe it in a similar way with tiny text. So you're not really going to read. So it's coming down to, and I mean, same thing's true with wooden baseball bats, wooden baseball bats. There's a million, you know, we've talked, had this conversation before. It all comes down to branding. And I so think the color. Yeah. yeah. And I think it can get you excited. If there was a cool Space Force logo, I would buy a Space Force t-shirt. I'd wear it out. Ironically, it'd be, it'd be funny. But <laughs> You're going to make me buy you a Space Force t-shirt. You know that, right? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll wear it. It'll be anytime. I just want to be like, I just want to go out and, you know, I, sometimes I have to beat women off with a stick. I mean, you understand. So th- that could just like help me, you know, just uh, have a normal night out without just being hounded, <laughs> not being harassed, huh? Yeah, okay. you know, it, it's tough. So, it's so tough.
1: I'm doing you a favor. Look at it exactly, that. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Let me go out in <laughs> peace. Yeah. Um, but I digress. So let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about SpaceX. So this is obviously yeah. nothing got destroyed, but this is still it seems like a, a, a big deal, right?
1: Oh yeah, so they took a they've been taking strikes near the facility, launch facility down in, which essentially Brownville, Texas. So if you've never been down to Brownville, Texas, it's right on the border of Mexico. It's like the southernmost tip of Texas. So it's right in sort of hurricane territory, also thunderstorm territory. Mosquito, right mosquito territory probably and mosquitoes are probably the size of uh, pterodactyl. <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> pterodactyl yeah uh but the the one thing about uh that facility is they bought it because it's right on the if you if you can imagine the united states everybody get out your globe in your head you've you've got southern texas and then you kind of got florida off to the right and then cuba is just south of florida and there's this alleyway between the two so they bought that facility because they could launch off the southern tip of texas and shoot between florida and cuba without if their spacecraft were to somehow fall from the sky you wouldn't land on a you land in the ocean
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is what you want to do right so uh, so when they bought this land down in texas it's essentially on the beach it'd be like being buying beachfront front property except you're buying it in texas and there really isn't Top quality beachfront property right there in Texas. It's kind of swampish and sandy, mm-hmm. so you want to build this huge facility on essentially a sandbar, and they have trouble uh, trying to build the facility because they have to bring in a lot of, of essentially dirt to make something where they've got this facility down there. So, there. If you ever watch, if when you watch, because they're, they're going to be doing some testing down there relatively soon. So, when you watch. The video of that, you realize there's not a lot of tall buildings out there. The rocket tends to be the tallest thing out there, or close to it, because you can't really build anything that tall. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Which you know, as we've been talking about, least of these problems. So they've been taking these lightning strikes nearby. Now, you got rocket fuel, you got this rocket, and it, and it was made out of metal, and you got lightning strikes. All that does not play well together because you're in your worst case scenario you somehow light off this rocket fuel and all things go haywire Mm -hmm. Uh, so what so what nasa does and what most launch facilities do is they build these towers around the facilities really tall towers so they're the tallest thing around they build these tall towers and then they hook them together with catenary wires which are essentially just wires so they hook them up these with these wires such that you've got this kind of grid electrical wire grid around the facility to capture lightning strikes and to direct them to ground uh you you know it's not the world's most complicated system but it takes building these really tall 400 500 foot towers and in florida that's not easy because again you're you're talking about sort of a sandbar it's kind of where cape canaveral and the nasa launch facilities are and then you got the same thing down in Texas where SpaceX is. So, you know, if you, you, you ever go to the beach stand, you try to put an, uh, an umbrella in the sand and make it stand up there. Like,
0: yeah, here in Maryland, it yeah, it doesn't right? work well. Yeah. Well, right. you don't really go to Ocean City, Maryland. It's not like the best place. So, <laughs> not, I, but I've been to the beach, yes. I've been to the beach, yes. Have you so? Where's the where's the good beaches in Maryland? Are there any good beaches in Maryland? Do you have to go to Delaware? Uh yeah, Delaware. My my family wasn't a big beach family. Um, but Delaware, like the Dewey Beach system. Well, that's probably not the right word, but Dewey Beach is like a beloved beach. Like the Delaware beaches are really nice. So a lot of people do go there. Um, people are close enough here where they'll go to the Outer, outer Banks, which is in North Carolina. It's like maybe six hours south
1: really you don't go north um, of jersey the jersey shore you no, don't go
0: to no really no nah, people just go to delaware oh but ocean city oh, wow. is just like not i don't know it's not like a the highest class place that's not the right w- way to put it because we're not like my family's not high class people like we're not that's not the way i i, I want to phrase it but ocean city just like kind of got like physically dirty when I when I was a kid just like you go to the beach it's just like not super clean it's just like not yeah. not a great experience yeah. so maybe it's changed I, I hope it's changed but I like I'm not a huge beach person and we don't take family vacations not all the all the children are grown up so kind of a moot point so yeah
1: well if you're if you ever go up to the Jersey Shore
0: and well then you're, you're too you busy to fist-pumping to, to put anything in like your fists are up in the air <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna put your your beach and uh, your beach umbrella in the ground you know
1: it's it's the Jersey Shore is a very popular area, and and they're really they're big. really
0: nice, yeah, and they they vary yeah. widely too.
1: They they do, they they absolutely do. Uh, so one of the things about trying to build anything on the sand is it's just impossible, right? So you when you go out to the sh- shore there, and you try to put your umbrella in any kind of stiff breeze, and your umbrella's toppled over. Well, think about that same sort of thing, except now I'm gonna put a four hundred or five hundred foot tower in this sandy beach and they're going to take hurricane winds. Yeah, that, just, that, <laughs> that doesn't seem great. <laughs> it never, It is never going to stay. And That's why when you go to the beach, there's nothing very tall around it because it can't st- stabilize it in the ground. So SpaceX got, has got this problem now in Texas where they've got this facility, you know, the great spot location-wise from just the engineering side, perfect spot. Problem is you can't really build anything big on it, and they didn't really realize that until they got on it, and now... You really can't provide any lightning protection of uh, the standard lightning protection to the facility. So as these lightning storms kind of come through their area, I'm not sure what they're doing. Because if I know they're trying to launch, have a launch out of Florida right now with one of the Falcon 9s with the, ash, the two astronauts. Uh, that should be in the next couple of days. That facility is all lightning protected because lightning strikes in Florida are all the time. In Texas, not as much. And so, but, you know, it only takes one. Yeah, it's just like any sort of lightning event. It only takes one to ruin your day, and just because you can't move out of the way at these facilities, you got to really protect the facility. So, uh, I'm not sure what SpaceX is going to do down there as they start building. You know that that rocket, the the Starship, when it's at its maximum height, is bigger than the Saturn V. This rocket's huge, huge. Have you ever, have you have you seen those pictures that they've been Elon's been putting out about the size of that rocket when it's fully assembled? Holy mm-hmm. smokes! It's, it's a tall, it's a
0: tall drink of water, as they'd say in Texas. <laughs> right.
1: It's going to be the tallest thing in miles. Right. So yeah, it's the lightning rod. Right. There's your, there's your, if you want a lightning rod, you just built the most expensive, explosive lightning rod known to man. You've gone beyond the the Saturn V, and we know from the Apollo launches, even like in the Apollo launches, like an Apollo twelve, where uh, they didn't know a lot about lightning strikes on rockets, right? And they launched this rocket with astronauts in it, going to the moon, and the thing is hit twice by lightning on the way off the ground, and it makes uh, the, the sort of the capsule guidance system roll over and not know where it's at. And the astronauts, are like, we've lost power, we've lost inertial guidance systems, and we're and the rocket's still burning. You're on that ride, baby. You ain't stopping that thing. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness that the rockets internal navigation system didn't get affected by that it's just the stuff kind of towards the capsule end up to the top got affected by it but you know they learned a hard lesson in nasa back on the apollo 12 program and then they they had a similar thing happen uh was it back in the 80s with the well let's let's
0: talk a little more about the apollo 12 because that that changed a lot of the climate for lightning protection not just on spacecraft but but for aircraft right oh
1: Changed everything it absolutely changed everything and it made everybody take a second look because they've had so fill, so, so six,
0: fill everyone in for for those who don't know the story so Apollo 12 yeah. launches what happens
1: boom boom two lightning strikes tumbles over every uh, all the instrumentation tumbles over they actually make it to the astronauts uh, you know s- s- uh, s- nerves of steel they don't get too flustered about it. They reset systems and off they go to the moon, they land of the moon, they come back. When they come back, uh, the engineers get get on the spacecraft and start looking at what all the damage that had occurred. And there's a lot of damage to that spacecraft from that lightning strike. Now, they had known back in 63, 1963 that there was a crash in Maryland of an airplane taking a strike and exploding. The fuel tank caught fire essentially airplane crash so we knew lightning strikes were dangerous we knew that through world war ii we on the air force the united states air force knew that forever because they had taken a ton of lightning strikes to airplanes and they would have lost they lost the aircraft had severe damage to the aircraft so we knew all this time running up to apollo in the apollo missions that we knew that lightning was an issue and so they actually had some guidance about hey we can't launch if there's thunderstorms in the area well, what they didn't really consider was you're going to put this gigantic metal object with a rocket plume on the back of it, and the rocket plume is conductive stuff. So you got this really tall metallic and conductive object running through the atmosphere. It can actually cause a lightning strike to occur where there otherwise wouldn't have been. And that's what happened on Apollo 12. It can actually cause it to happen twice. So in that one event, you know, and with the size of NASA, if you think about the era in which this happened there's there's really two things happen simultaneously in united states history roughly um you have you know well jfk had been assassinated so that it all happened. you know martin luther king uh bobby kennedy uh you're in the vietnam war and you have the apollo program uh, so all those things are kind of melded together and you just have this continual series of stuff so the apollo program was a big deal and have a lightning strike that caused any any of those astronauts to be put at risk or put the program at risk is going to get investigated. So after that happened, there was a huge effort by NASA to go figure out what's going on. And that's where you start seeing a lot of reports and analysis and studies. And that that drives not only in the rocket area, but on the aircraft side too. So NASA is involved in rocketry, and it's also involved in aircraft. So they, they, they kind of took both on at the same time and said let's understand what's going on with lightning strikes in the atmosphere so we don't have problems going forward or at least we can do something about it and that's that was the impetus to it all right was sort of the Apollo 12 and just having the funds and the wherewithal and the engineering people available to go do this stuff
0: and so that's where it all started and so before that they didn't really realize that aircraft were causing the lightning strikes is that correct
1: I yeah I think there was just an assumption in fact when i started uh, doing uh, the lightning getting in the lightning business this is 90s that's a long time ago uh the assumption was before not much soon before that that the, a lot of the lightning strikes were just sort of naturally occurring you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah and then with some of the nasa testing one they were flying a fighter airplane an instrumented fighter airplane through lightning to try to record some data to see what was going on and they realized they could do a lot of triggering of lightning strikes around Florida with the aircraft. And the fighter aircrafts not very big, so they were triggering these strikes. And so you start to see these numbers, like you know, 90% of strikes were aircraft initiated. I bet you that's up to 99% today. I think we're really getting. It used to be like, oh, it's like the majority are aircraft triggered, and there's some random random ones that happen. I just I. I'm getting shoved more. I'm up in the 99 percentile case where the aircraft is initiating it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting idea. So then what was the main result for aircraft after the, the Apollo 12 stuff that happened? I mean, uh, you said everyone started going, yeah, like we got to stop this. So what were, mm-hmm. what were some of the biggest ones that happened in the immediate five, 10 years after?
1: Uh, they started putting out material, useful material for engineers to understand. So NASA had put out, uh, some publications dealing with uh, aircraft and lightning strike. And they also did the same thing for the the rocketry side. So NASA's involved in all this stuff. And, and the things you see in the aircraft world are just an outgrowth of what NASA was, essentially what NASA was doing. Uh, and then on the aircraft side, as the aerospace companies started getting more and more information about what's happening, the FAA gets involved and... NTSB get involved and they start making regulations and you and you start looking at not just things like aircraft structure, but now you're looking at aircraft systems as you have more electronics coming in and this is back in the 70s. So there's more electronics coming into the play of flight control systems and engine control systems. So it starts to really grow out of that period. So that that one, uh, there's a really a couple big lightning strikes one in 63 because of the fuel Systems and all the fuel protection systems that happened, and then the Apollo Twelve and pretty much everything else, and then driving NASA to to do a lot of research. It's amazing because you don't think about that today. Like in today's world, we would never do that. Like we just don't have that sort of internal government-focused program. Like when the when Challenger exploded, we didn't rally together as a nation to go fix a lot of things like that. It, it there was emphasis on it, but it wasn't like Back on the Apollo program, everything yeah. is still new.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So then let's talk about the AC-67 rocket that that I guess crash isn't exactly the right term, but tell the story about this this rocket from the I think it's from 1986.
1: Yeah. So isn't it weird that back on the Apollo 12, which is you know, and the whole Apollo program was sort of late 60s, early 70s, and then all the aircraft work that was done. Uh, in the 70s into the early 80s, and then we get into 1987 where we're doing a, a, a rocket launch and It gets struck Like we at this point we should know better and it's it, it gets back to our little discussions about checklists like we know there's some Activity in the area that we need to be aware of electrical activity in the area need to be aware of and maybe now It's not the right time to launch this thing, but they launch it anyway because I think there's just some disconnect in the, the way information's passed up the chain. They get struck. It loses sort of its inertial guidance system, and the there's a, there's a person always sitting there with essentially a red button to detonate the rocket. So if it starts going off course, you don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So they detonate and exploded it. And you're like, man, right? Uh, this is 87. The Challenger accident was in 86 what's going on uh you gotta wonder if it's just a, the internal workings of nasa at that point have just become so disconnected that they um you know they made another mistake uh but boy you know you, you don't hear about the, you, you, the the ones that stick in your head are the ones you see on television like this one i didn't remember seeing on television so you don't read a lot about it either which is the other weird thing you don't read a lot about that post-mortem on that rocket launch because you tend to read post-mortems on rocket launches or aircraft crashes to help us get smarter as we go along are you
0: saying there was so su- there was suppression of the media this was covered up maybe there was an alien on this rocket
1: well uh
0: maybe we we're sending ra- ra- maybe, ra- maybe we we're sending someone back home to a distant planet <laughs> <laughs> so yeah up. some the the- department thing yeah, you never well,
1: know. You gotta, you gotta remember what time this is. So eighty-seven is kind of Ronald Reagan, George Bush era, right? Reagan was eighty to eighty-eight or so. So, This is in the Reagan administration. Or if and were you born during that time? Gosh yeah. damn, I'm, when were you I'm born?
0: eighty-five. Yeah, this was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles territory. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you remember back in that time it was a very turbulent time there's a lot going on government wise this is the whole soviet union united states um going back and forth and reagan's going to cause a nuclear war and the russian and the soviets are after us blah 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 Uh, so once bad stuff happened it just kind of and because we didn't have twitter (laughs) if we had twitter we would know a lot more about it
0: you're right twitter would have twitter would have fixed this whole situation yeah. You know,
1: you can, you can look down on Twitter. Now, I'll look down on TikTok. Now, I'm not backing off on TikTok. But Twitter, one thing about Twitter is when stuff happens, pretty much you know it. So, if there's a rocket launch that has gone bad, there's somebody tweeting about it.
0: Yeah. I have, right? I have come to use Twitter as, like, a, a news source and a trend, trending. And it's funny, like, a lot of these trending terms on Twitter, people, like, a lot of... <laughs> so, you see something that's trending. Like, you see Alan, yeah. Alan Hall trending on twitter and you're like trending. oh god is he dead is he st-? that's what like the first thing people it's funny if you click on one of those things invariably one of the first <laughs> comments is like a meme and it's like oh when i saw you know um you know like emmett smith was trending i was so worried that my favorite running back was dead it's like something like that like it's like the first thing because people see these like oh no what's happened it's yeah. like it's like uh anyway so
1: well, yeah. it's sort of like that, right? Right. If uh, the the Twitter feed does change, uh, well, okay. So let's let's go back to Apollo time. The big broadcaster at the time was Walter Cronkite, right? And what Walter Cronkite decided to put in his twenty minute news. Uh, stories that wasn't that wasn't uh, the news huh? that was it that was it and what you heard on local news was pretty much it so if they didn't cover it it didn't exist unless you read it in the newspaper somewhere and even then it got kind of sketchy because they, you know they pick and choose what they want to throw into those things so news outside your area you kind of had national news and local news And if it's not national news you're never gonna hear about it and it, it obviously that's changed a lot as we have uh, more communication means and I, I, I do think that I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the similar example to this rocket launch thing, and not knowing about it is very similar. Like I was sending you some stuff this week on Twitter about these crazy airplane things that people are doing, right? Like the two guys in the like squirrel suits, the flying mm-hmm. squirrel suits, going down the mountain and coming the side and flying into the side of the airplane as it's running down. This mountain and the I, same I, I thing. Didn't, I
0: didn't see that. They actually hit an airplane, or they were close. They went
1: inside of it. No, 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 no.
0: Oh, so, I've seen those before. I've seen those before. Yeah, yeah. They tried right, to catch up to racing. the airplane.
1: Yeah, and they went inside of it. Like they just they just kind of flew inside the open door. Boom. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, well, that's unnecessary. That's
0: <laughs> that's crazy, right? Well, so and many just, things you could say are unnecessary. Like, I mean, that's, like, that's a big there's a, slippery that's an slope airplane. right there. Yeah, they were trying to get into it. They wanted to go somewhere. They had like they had to get to Taco Bell or something. They're hungry.
1: (laughs) Taco Bell is always open. Remember that Taco Bell never closes, even in Corona, it doesn't close. So I thought, okay, that's crazy, right? And I and I thought to myself, unless I had Twitter, I would not know that people are doing something stupid as that. Now I understand the 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 adventure part of that. I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm but that there's an airplane there with people in it and all it take is for something to go minor wrong and three or four people are dead for what for a tweet for a little video. I'm not sure that makes sense. Like, you know, if you want to go kill yourself, I can't stop you, but if you're going to take out an airplane and some other people, I'm not sure I'm that thing. I just don't
0: think that's cool. And well, the same
1: thing happened with that. Right? Well, there's it's an the increase in
0: there's an increase in deaths uh, because of Instagram as well so I, really? I read i listened to this audiobook called uh no filter which is like the story of instagram which i like it was interesting enough but one of the uh the chapters towards the end was about how people are like trying to do things for the gram right they're trying to get that glamorous photo in that unique place and be that influencer it gets like this you know photo in this waterfall that no one else has photographed and people are like dying because of that they're like trying to get the selfie and they stumble into like a they fall down a cliff or stumble down a geyser or like whatever <laughs> and there was a couple who are influencers and they were, they're they they had this story they were like hanging out of a tr- moving train like he's holding her he's holding on by one arm and it was just like this really okay. da- dangerous thing and it caught the news because they're just like how dangerous it was I guess and it yeah. ended up being great for business because they got all these like brand deals out of it because it was like this beautiful photo and blah, blah. but people were like they got a lot of flack because people are like are you gonna die for a photo like hey idiot like that was super dangerous like you should have done that but that was also why they got so much you know the whole, whole like no publicity is bad publicity thing that's kind of how it was but
1: yeah but in today's world we got uh cgi and photoshop and
0: yeah, I'm actually not you here can... right now. This is just a, a CGI avatar of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm asleep in another room. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it, don't you think, though, that... The Which, if we had that, that
0: technology, we'd all be money right now for coronavirus. We could just oh. stay at home in our little avatar beds, and just our avatars are out there just doing their thing. Doing their thing, building... Im- impervious building to everything. Ships. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's what we need. We, yeah. need. we need force fields, and we need avatars avatars then these things would matter
1: well i just think that the lack of communication it was a big results in some of these things continuing it's not so much that people don't care it's that they just didn't know Mm -hmm. and and i think that's a big driver so i i i get i I was listening today to of all things a podcast complaining about uh how much information there is today, and thinking, man, do you remember going to a library and looking for stuff? Do you remember having to go ask a librarian to go check out a book from California that took two weeks to come in because you're doing a little research thing? that's those things are gone, man. Thank yeah. God they're gone, right? But but that just changed the way we think about safety and the way we design things, and it doesn't take long for news to travel, and that's good. That's good. And so when this, when we were looking at this rocket launch thing, I said, "Man, Dan, you ever seen about this rocket launch?" He's like, I have never seen it. No. Well, same thing, right? Because that's that's the era in which it occurred. Is there's been, a, and as we've been going back through the history, that's one of the things Dan and I, Dan and I, have been doing is going back to like Air Force history on, on lightning strikes to Air Force airplanes. Well, a lot of the publications they had at the time were just sort of Air Force, Air Force specific, so you couldn't yeah. have access to Liar them. Well, now talk they're in the National.
0: Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and now they're in the National Archives, so you can actually go search for that stuff, and you go, wow, the Air Force had a lot of problems, and the Navy had a lot of problems with lightning strikes on airplanes. A lot. Uh, Way more than we in the civilian world would ever allow. Uh, Even today, we would be freaking out about the number of aircraft lost due to lightning strikes, and and what they were recording on a yearly basis was just nuts. Hmm. And, yeah, right? So I, I do think... We get smarter as we go along, and, and this is gets kind of gets back to the SpaceX thing, right? Because now you're like, who's more connected in the world on Twitter or on YouTube than Elon Musk, right? Yeah, that he, shoot, he is,
0: shoots himself in the foot with tweets all the time. It's like his thing.
1: All the time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I have no problem with, you know, I understand what's going on there, and I, and I, and I get all that, and that's totally cool. Uh, so it's when you see that like the SpaceX launch facility it really doesn't have any lightning protection at it you're like oh, okay you know it's we're now in a world where we could know, we should know better and we should be doing something about it maybe they have you know and one of the things you and I were talking about was how do we protect that facility down in Texas well uh, if we're going to put towers up what are you going to do that's a fantastic question uh, because there's You're talking about doing something that no one else has ever done before, but we do have tools in our little toolbox. We just don't bring them out very often. The one that I came up first was, well, why wouldn't you use sort of rocket trigger lightning? Down in Florida, they build these little, basically those Estes model rockets. You used to get at the hobby store, Mm -hmm. if there are hobby stores anymore. And they take basically a, a spool of copper wire behind it, and they put the wire onto the rocket, and they fire the rocket off, right? So the rocket shoots up into space. It's got this copper wire behind it. Again, it's like launching an Apollo 12 electrically, and it flaps fly up into the sky when the electric field's strong enough in the sky, and bam, you get this lightning strike to ground. So it takes all the charge in the cloud and it dumps it to ground. So what you can do is like discharge the cloud before it gets to your facility. Who would? I mean, buy some Estes rockets, $5, buy some spool of wire. I mean, the whole setup may be, say it's five grand for the whole setup. At least you'd have some level of lightning protection for the facility. Because uh, the other the other way to do it, which is a more technology cool era, is to use lasers to trigger lightning strikes. So you can actually turn the air into plasma using a laser. That's what lasers do. Um, and so you can put enough energy up in the air, it actually makes the air conductive enough, and charge in the cloud will follow that. Let laser all the way down to the earth. Very simple to do, also, right? And because they're sort of secluded out in the middle of sort of the beach of texas there isn't like a lot of civilization around just going to get bothered by the lasers there's probably not a lot of flights by there and obviously you can't just shoot lasers in the air when there's airplanes coming by but uh you may be able to do something like that something relatively simple to provide lightning protection that you wouldn't be able
0: to do uh or wouldn't do because of where you are
1: you you know don't don't you think that elon would try yeah. to
0: i mean that seems yeah makes it I mean, work yeah elon where yeah man Let's, let's do this. Let's get some lasers. Let's do and this. We're, maybe... we're
1: drilling holes under Vegas, right? We could just finish drilling. i just see that where the, the, the boring company just dr- mm. drove the final uh, couple of feet to make the hole oh, <laughs> under under Vegas. Yeah. yeah that, I guess it this week where they had a little video of them boring through the last little wall there to connect up whatever that's going to be. Maybe if we can it... drill a, t- a tunnel, come on.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll... Right? Maybe we should go to Vegas and we can, like, do, like, the Ocean's Eleven thing. If there's a tunnel under Vegas, we can just, like, break in from underneath and just, like, clean the place out. Drop it's all this, just like that. Drop all this You're lightning protection of... stuff. I mean, let's just yeah. empty the vaults, then we're good.
1: When yeah. I saw that video, it's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Ocean's Eleven.
0: <laughs> yeah, who's, who's in that tunnel, right? like, literally right now trying to figure out where they drill above to get into now, MGM Grand? What's it?
1: Was it Ocean's Eleven or was it Ocean's Thirteen? Because that was one. Of the, that's what I was wondering. Because it was Eleven was the first Vegas one. Okay. Twelve there in Europe, right? They're in Amsterdam, and I think it's Thirteen where they do the drilling under
0: the earth they, thing. I don't remember. I, I liked. I think I watched them all. It wasn't one they had to break back in or something to Vegas because the guy caught. He was like his like. You know I can't remember the. Wasn't that Pacino? Name. It is, wasn't Pacino. But, it was a, another 13. similar, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, you're thinking of the first one. You're thinking of Andy. Andy something, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, yeah.
0: But he was, so they steal from him in the first one. But then the second one, he like knows. And he's like, I want all my money back. And that's they, the one in Europe. And they have to steal the yes. money to give it to him. Okay. Yeah, yep, that's And what's, what's the 13 one? They just had to like break into Chuck E. Cheese or something? And,
1: no, no, no. One of the, one, Al Pacino's character is is uh taken over a casino from one of their buddies and mm. they went to rob him because he's a jerk that's
0: essentially oh, what it weren't is they, like stealing those diamonds or something or yeah they're like still the yeah they're just rob robbing them blind right this is where they have okay. the fight
1: Isn't this the one where they have the fight the the boxing match and they're sh- everything starts shaking isn't it that one that's oh. right
0: yeah that one i i like those three movies in general that third one was a little convoluted yeah. i thought it's like all right well but Either way, yeah, no, we should do that. Yeah, so yeah, we won't no no podcast next week. Alan and I will We're be busy. We're going to Vegas. We'll be busy. <laughs> yeah. We gotta Amazon some ski masks and whatever. for we sure. <laughs> We're hitting our strip at our uh uh
1: in our new uh space defense t shirts, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Space Force for sure. Yep. Space
1: Force T shirts, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's oh my uh gosh. that's that's the caper. You just like they'll never suspect. Two guys with space Force shirts on could pull off such a heist. <laughs> but it won't even but here's the here's the kicker, here's the big twist. It won't even be us. We'll be asleep because it will be our avatars. It'll be the avatar yep. breaking in. Can you send See? my avatar to jail? There's no precedent for that yet. So, we'll You're
1: listen. always one step ahead of the law, exactly, Dan. One exactly, step exactly. ahead of the
0: law. I just turn I just turn them off. It was a hologram <laughs> the whole time. That's how, that's how that movie ends. So, or, oh, or Lord. they have, they have, they have me all like surrounded and I'm like, don't come near me. I've got coronavirus and they're like, all right, just yeah. go. That's fine. We don't, it's fine. Just go, we'll but, walk, we'll yeah, turn, our, you, turn it away.
1: If you want to get away with something right now, you have the coronavirus. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh just don't come, gosh. don't come near me, but no, but that that's, uh, it's an interesting thing that we're still dealing with lightning strike stuff today. We obviously, we talked about the Russian Aero, Aeroflot crash. No. And then here with, with SpaceX, you know, fortunately none of their stuff was damaged but right. you know there's still it still just like isn't going away i think we need what we really need to do is exhume ben franklin and bring him back somehow <laughs> see what he thinks he about all this. what would his consulting fee be per hour what would his hourly rate be if ben franklin was here today eighty thousand dollars an hour
1: oh oh
0: he'd be a big deal yeah
1: he would be yeah <laughs> he'd be a, big be a big deal yeah yeah it'd be a big deal yeah. I just wonder what do you think of Twitter. What would Ben Franklin do on Twitter? I have no idea. Like you go, What in the world? Right? Going from the making all the doing the printing press thing for the American Revolution and then you can just tell the whole world anything he wants to at any moment. I think he'd be calling people it. out
0: and like sarcastically trolling people. Like, Oh yeah, that's gonna work. <laughs>
1: oh yeah Elon you think you're cool but I invented the post office
0: right yeah but he'd be like he'd be like the dorky person that doesn't know how to use him. a will like sign his name after every tweet he'd be like oh you're a joke Ben Franklin it's like I know you're Ben Franklin. Franklin it's you're at Ben Franklin like I know like learn how to use Twitter Ben right oh man all right well that'll do it for today's episode of struck If you're new to the show, thank you so much for listening. And please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the WeatherGuard Lightning Tech YouTube channel for video episodes, full interviews and short clips from the show. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is at WG Lightning. Tune in next Tuesday for another great episode on aviation, aerospace engineering and lightning protection. Strike Tape, WeatherGuard Lightning Tech's proprietary lightning protection for radomes, provides unmatched durability for years to come. If you need help with your radome lightning protection, reach out to us at WeatherGuardAero.com. That's WeatherGuardAero.com.